Today's daf is Pei Aleph in Masech Sachim. We are on Pei Amud Bet at the two dots. It probably looks like around 12 lines from the bottom or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe more. But it's where the two dots are. Where it says, So this Tumatatom is talking about a situation where a person is, um, is becomes, uh, you know, goes through an area where there is some uh, dead body or something like that that he doesn't know about. Nobody knows about it actually, and it's it's discovered afterwards. Tumata tohom means not that the individual didn't know about it, but it means that it was not known to anybody. And after this guy passed through there, they de- do an excavation and they find out that there was a dead body under there. So that's called tumata tohom. Tumata tohom has a special rule that even if they're in the middle of the uh, of the avodah and he finds out, they can still finish the korban and it's accepted because it was tumata tohom. Because at the time he became tamei, it was not uh, a known tumat to anyone in the world. That's Maybe a special. Let's not get into too many details. Let's just focus on what is here. So usually talking about Jew, but let's let's just I don't want to get into too many details before we even start. So we know that if the owners have this tumata to home situation, that was what it said in the uh, what, it, what what we discussed before, where the owners have tumata to home. Meaning to say that the, the, their korban pesach is underway, and somebody Indiana Jones comes and says, "We just did an archaeological dig and found out that the place that you were staying had all these dead bodies under it, and therefore your tamei." Nobody knew about this for a thousand years. It was under there, and nobody knew, and 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 it's tumata to home. So we can finish the korban. But what about if the kohen? What if the kohen uh, discovers? that he had uh, it was in a situation of Tumat at home. So there was a Tumat that nobody knew about at the time that he went there. There was no way to know. It, was, it hadn't been dug up. And now all of a sudden he finds that he's in the middle of the Avodah and he finds out that... Um that he's tamei. So, so uh, what happens then? So, does that count for the kohen? Do we say that this idea of tumatatom only applies to the owners of the korban, but not to the kohen? Or maybe it's really about the zevach. It's about the korban. So, if it's a halacha that pertains to the owners, in other words, it's a special leniency that the Torah gives to a person who's bringing the korban pesach, the balim. So that means that their tumata tehom doesn't ruin the korban, but the kohen doesn't get that special dispensation because he's not fulfilling his own obligation. He's doing avodah. Or do we say, no, it's a special dispensation regarding the korban, not regarding the person getting credit for the korban, but regarding the korban itself. And in order for that to work, so the kohen also has to benefit from that leniency because he's the one doing the avodah. And if, he ter- if it turns out that we declare him tamay, the whole avodah is also no good. So we're, if it goes by the zevach, the special rule is going by the korban, so then we have to say that we're suspending Tum'ah also if it, if, it ha- if it applies to the Kohen, that the Kohen was staying in a place that turned out that they did a dig underneath and found that there was a dead body there from 10 centuries ago or whatever. On the other hand, uh, if we say that it's only a special leniency for the owners of the Korban Pesach, so then that would mean that if, the Ko- if it turns out to happen to the Kohen, we don't have any way to salvage the Korban in that case. Now, Amar Avar, Avar says, Tashma, come and listen, Tani Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia said the following, Rabbi Chia said, this whole idea of Tumatatom is only talking about a dead body. Okay? Now, met mai. Why, why does he mention that? So, so it must be excluding Tumatatom of Asherets. In other words, a person was doing some work somewhere and he was touching things and whatever. He didn't know what it was and nobody knew what it was. And then somebody comes in and realizes that these things he was touching was really a dead Sheretz. And, and uh, you know, he was like doing something behind the wall. I don't know. He was moving things around. And then all of a sudden it turns out it was a dead Sheretz. Nobody knew that it was a dead Sheretz and all that. So if that's the case, so then we would say that um, 
So that so that that tumat hatom is excluding, right? So he's saying that would not be the my love the mote tumat hatom the sheret. So by my askin inim abe balim. If we're talking about the balim, if we're talking about that the owners had this, that the owner was doing some work and is uh, you know in, behind the wall and he didn't realize he actually was touching a sheret the whole time and nobody else in the world would have known it either until they discovered it, right? Uveman ibn nazir. If we're talking about a nazir mimahanibe, it doesn't make a difference for the nazir because kiamut metal avamachmana. It doesn't matter if the nazir becomes tamei with sherets. That is not to do with the Tumah of the Nazir. The Nazir only ruins his count if he gets touched with a dead body. So that can't be that. Ela be'ose Pesach. We're talking about it. Ose Pesach. Somebody doing a Pesach. Anicha le'man da'amar in shokhtim v'zokin al tmei sheretz. Ela le'man da'amar shokhtim v'zokin al tmei sheretz. Has the Tumah yidu'ahu tralo. Tumah at home lo koshikin. So the whole line of the argument here is to basically say that what can Rabbi Chia be excluding when he says that this whole idea of Tumah at home only applies to the Tumah of a dead body? That should be obvious, because when would it apply to anything else? It can't be applying to a sheretz, because why? Because a sher- he says, uh, uh, many opinions maintain that for uh, that sheretz. if a person is to me sheretz, that means that they touched a sheretz that day, by the nighttime they'll be tower anyway, so they could eat from the Korban Pesach. So there are those who say that they could even have the Korban Pesach offered for them, even though at that moment they are tamay, they can have it offered for them, and by that night they will be tower. So that can't be what he's talking about. So what difference does it make if the person finds out he's a tamay sheretz by, uh, in tumata tahom, a hidden tumata Ah, that he didn't realize what it was until later, and nobody knew what it was until later. Why is that? Uh, why would he even need that rule? Since anyway, he can bring the korban pesach that day uh, and and just eat it that night when he'll be tahor again. So w- therefore, what elalav bekohen ushmamina hutralo tumatatehom? Really, what Rabbi Chia is telling you is that no, that we're, what what he's saying is that other tumot wouldn't. We wouldn't have a special dispensation for the kohen, not for the owners. For the Kohen, because for the owners, if they turn out that they're Tmei Sheretz, it might be still okay, because by the nighttime they can eat their Koban. But if it turned out that the Kohen was Tmei Sheretz, that would be no good. That would mean the whole Avodah is invalid. Right? If he touched the Sheretz, that would mean the whole Avodah is invalid. But it's saying for a Tumat Met, we will give him a break. Even the Kohen. If it turns out that the Kohen was staying in a place that they excavated and found out there was a, there was a dead body under there that had been lost for centuries, nobody knew about it. And he turns out that he is Tmei Met, but he was in the middle of the Avodah. We're not going to invalidate his avodah because of that. We're going to give him the license of the tumat tatahom and let him finish the process and then we'll be done. So that's the, uh, that's the tentative conclusion. That's the conclusion so far. Okay, that, that's what Rabbi Chia was referring to. He said any tumat met with tumat tatahom, whether it is the owners of the Korban Pesach or even the officiant of the Korban Pesach, the Kohen, we will give him a break. Now, the question is though, Amar Yosef, no, no, that's not necessarily true because the Olam Bipalim of a Pesach Really, what it's talking about is not the Kohen. The Kohen, if he finds out that he's Tameh, it doesn't matter that they did an excavation under his building and found out that there was a dead body. It doesn't matter. He's going to be Tameh anyway. And his Avodah is going to be no good. We're only talking about the owners get this special license. That if they find out that they were in contact with this Tumat Tatehom, that their, their uh, Korban Pesach is still valid. So then why did he mention it only applies to Tumat Tameh? Tumat Tatehom de Ziva means... That let's say a person, a woman, for instance, is uh, saw blood during her Yemez Ziva. We know that there's a cycle of Nidan Ziva. We learned about it in Masachet Nida. There are seven days of, uh, of Nida. After those seven days, there are 11 days following the period of Nida. If a woman sees blood one day, she's called Zavaktana. 
she only has to wait one clean day the following day. If she sees blood two days, she has to wait one clean day following day. If she sees three days, now she becomes what's called Zavagdola. She needs to wait seven clean days. She needs to, you know, and so on. So that is a, um, that is the, uh, the concept of the, uh, the difference between Zavagdola and Zavaktana, what's called Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom. The woman only has to wait one clean day each time. So let's say, for instance, the woman came and um, she had, she was doing her day of, um, her day of uh, uh, of uh, clean days, right? Or so Rashi says here that if she's, let's say she's on the uh, uh, the azav b'shvi'ishelo, could be also a man who is doing the the seventh day of his uh, waiting of clean clean days as azav. Doesn't even matter. But the point is, he comes to the Beit Hamikdash. Since that morning is the seventh day of his cl- of his clean days, technically he can have the korban pesach brought, and by the nighttime he's good. He can eat it. It's no problem. So, but, le- but the only problem is after they offer the korban pesach, what if he then sees another? Uh, sighting of the ziva again. So now it turns out that his whole, clevi- her whole seven clean days are canceled out. Or if the woman is observing her Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom situation and she sees blood after the Korban Pesach was already brought. She thought it was her clean day and by the nighttime she would be good. But instead now retroactively it turns out she was really not done with this, uh, the sighting of the blood at the time that the Korban Pesach was brought. Or the Zav finds out that he really wasn't done with his Ziva when the Korban Pesach was brought. That would be Tumat HaTahom. He's saying that's an example of Tumat HaTahom because it means at the time that the Korban Pesach was brought, nobody could have known. There was no way to know that he was actually really still a Zav until the sighting of the liquid later in the day when nobody could have really known that she was really still a Zava until the sighting of the blood later in the day. So at that time it was like Tahom, it was a hidden thing. It was like a body buried under the ground and now it comes to light. He says, that's what it's saying, to exclude that, right? We, don't, we, we say that when it, if the owners turned out, they were on their seventh day of, of uh, Zav, and uh, the seventh clean day, and they brought the Korban Pesach, and, or, and in the middle of the bringing of the Korban Pesach, they discovered that they were really Zavim, they, they, the flow came back, or even after the Korban Pesach, the flow came back, so retroactively it turns out that they were really Tameh the whole time, Korban won't be accepted. So it's not like Tumat at the home of the, of the dead body. So then the Gemara says, is that really true? It's true that it, it's not acceptable. We actually, Rabbi Yossi said that if a woman who had the Korban Pesach, she brings it and she's on the, she's Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom, which means it's during the 11 days of Ziva, she sees blood for one day. So the next day she has to keep as a clean day, but basically we're giving her the benefit of the doubt that the clean day is going to end well. So she brings her Korban Pesach and everything seems fine. But the only thing is, later on she sees blood. So that means that really she was not out of the uh, out of the ziva condition altogether. So what does that mean? Eina ochelet, she can't eat the korban. Uh, she can't eat it because now she's tamei, but she because she now needs another day of purity. But she fulfilled the mitzvah of pesach. She doesn't have to do pesach sheni. So what does that show you? That shows you that she, that, that we do give her credit. We don't retroactively invalidate the korban that she brought. We say it's okay. Because at the time, she couldn't have known that later on she would see blood again and it would have been invalidated. So you see that the Tumat HaTohom does work. Isn't it because the Tzitz covers for it? The Tzitz is what covers for Tumat HaTohom. Hidden Tumat that There was no way for us to know about them. So you see that we give her a break for that. 
So Amrei lo, mishum dekasav Rabbi Yossi mikano lahabahi mitama. The reason is because Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold of the concept of retroactive tumah. That's the reason. It's not because the tzitz covers for ziva that is hidden. That really she was actually a zava at the time that she uh, that, that she brought the korban, but she didn't know it, so we don't count it against her. That's not what happened. She wasn't really a zava at the time that she saw it because we, as soon as she starts that day of shmirah, we give we're, we consider her completely pure until. Proven otherwise, right? Until she has a, a sighting later in the day. So Rabbi Yossi, it's not that Rabbi Yossi maintains that she was secretly a Zava when she brought the Korban Pesach. She didn't know it and nobody knew it, but she really was. It's that she didn't become, she doesn't become Tme'ah again until she sees the blood later. So when she brought the Korban, she was actually good. Ah, so if that's the case, so is that true? Uh, so, to, so they said, <laughs> So if you have a Zav that had two sightings and therefore he needed seven clean days, and afterwards, after his, uh, he, he sees another sighting of Ziva on the day after they brought the Korban Pesach, right? Similarly, you have the Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom, the woman who had the one day of seeing blood and then the next day she sees it again. Right, or, but but she brought the korban pesach in between. So and then she sees afterwards. We see that retroactively the tumah applies. Lemafreya means that this woman saw blood on Monday, Tuesday she's shomeret yom keneged yom, and we're very optimistic that she's not going to see anything else and everything is going to be totally fine. But and so she's handling things and doing things, whatever. Then she sits on the couch, she takes a nap on the sofa, whatever. Later that day, she sees it again. Now, retroactively, we give her the rule of Tum'ah. So you see that it does work backwards. So it's like she was really a Zava all along, and we didn't know it. So, so too, if she brings a Korban Pesach on that day, later on, when she finds out that when she sees blood, we must say, oh, really, retroactively, she was a Zava, and we're giving her credit for it anyway. Right? We don't require her. To do Pesach Sheni. So that shows you that what? The Korban she brought is accepted even though retroactively we're saying secretly she really was a Zava the whole time. We just didn't have evidence of it until later when she saw blood again. So that seems to say that we do give her that special dispensation of Tumat Tatehom. So it says, Amrei Ma'ilim Afreya Midurabanan. That Tumat Limafreya, that retroactive Tumat is only rabbinic. That is not a biblical tumah. Biblically, she was not a zava at all when she brought the Korban Pesach, and that's why we give her credit for it. But rabbinically, just to make sure people are extra careful on that day, since it's so likely or possible that she might see blood at any time when she's Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom, so we impose the retroactive tumah basically to discourage people from handling things that they shouldn't, just in case, you know, because the, the blood could come at any time. Similarly, Rabbi Oshaya said that this retroactive tumah is Rabbanan. Rabbi Oshaya said, If you have a Zav that saw blood, saw emission actually, on the seventh day of his clean days, so that cancels out everything that came before. Meaning, if he can't count it as seven clean days, and the morning of the seventh clean day, he sees something, boom, it's, it's all gone. Right? You might think, no, since I got to the seventh day, and I counted, oh, this is day seven, so maybe it's a new count if I see again. No, it's going to cancel out the whole thing. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, he only loses that day. 
So they said, what do you mean he only loses that? If you're saying that the fact that he sees Ziva on the seventh day means that he was secretly a Zav all along, so a Filokulu and Yisrael should cancel out everything. Just like, how, how could you say only that day? And if you're saying no, when he gets to the seventh day, he has a clean slate. And so this is a new sighting. So why even that day should he lose? Meaning it should be a totally new thing. Shouldn't be that he lost the previous count of Tumash. Should be a new thing. Says, Ela, you're right. Meaning he doesn't even lose that day. So once he reaches the morning of the seventh day, he's good. Of counting the seven days. And this is a new thing. According to Rabbi Yochanan, we don't imply, Im, impose any retroactive Tumava. And he said to him back, Rabbi Oshaya said, I'm sorry, Rabbi, uh, yeah, Rabbi Oshaya said back to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yosekevatach. Rabbi Yossi agrees with you that there's no real retroactive ziva. We don't say that, oh, the fact that now we saw this sighting on the seventh day means that all along it was really no good. We don't say that. We say it's a new thing. Right? Then we see that he imposes retroactive tum'ah when the lady who saw blood yesterday sees it today. Or when the Zav who, who was doing clean, we thought he was finished, sees the, uh, sees the emission later that day, we impose retroactive tum'ah. says, no, but that is only rabbinic. So therefore, what does it come out so far? What it comes out is that really, according to Rabbi Yossi, this woman who saw blood on Monday, she comes to bring Korban Pesach on Tuesday when it's, she's Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom. So really we're giving her the benefit of the doubt. She is not considered a Zavad. This is, she, she finished her obligation and unless we see otherwise, we're going to assume she's completely Torah. We're just waiting until the end of the day to be sure. Okay? So she brings Korban Pesach. At that time she brought the Korban Pesach, she wasn't considered a Zavad. Even if later that day she discovers blood, we now give her a status of Zava again. We don't say that when she brought the Korban Pesach, she was really secretly a Zava all along and she just didn't know about it. It's not revealing an underlying condition that she actually had all along. It's a new condition. And even though we impose retroactive Tuman, say anything that she touched that they were going to consider it, that's just an extra rabbinic stringency. But actually, we don't consider it that way. So it's not that the woman is being given credit for the Korban despite having been Tumei'ah. We're saying she wasn't really Tumei'ah at that time until she saw the second dam appear in the afternoon. Now, So now that we have that, so what are we going to do with the statement that we had before? Because the statement that we had before was that if the, that we only apply Tumata Tehom to a, uh, to the debt, the tomb of the dead. And we wanted to say that, well, we could say that that's to exclude the Tum'ah of the Zava. But well, we see that that's not true because the Tumah of the Zavah anyway doesn't even exist in that case. She's not really Tumah during the, t- t- the time when she's on Shomer Yom Keneged Yom. There is no Tumah at home. There's no secret Tumah lurking on the bottom that we discover later. That's not how it works. So if that's true, so if Shon Minad, the Bekohen, Botalo Tumah at home, they said, ah, so then what is the only thing that Rabbi Chia could have meant? He was talking about the Kohen. He was saying the Kohen, if he discovered that he had contact, had contact with the Sheretz secretly that was behind the wall of his house, he was doing electrical work and he touched, I don't know, whatever. Right, he touched the touched the There, he would be once we discovered that he was really putting his hands in a bunch of shratzim. He would have to. Uh, he would have. We would declare the avodah invalid. But if he was staying in a place where there were dead bodies underneath, and he was exposed to that, and it was tumat at the home, even for the kohen, we say we accept his avodah, and we don't say that it's pasul. Since at the time that he became tamei, nobody in the world knew about that tumah, and it was only in the middle of the avodah that it was even discovered. Okay, so that's what we're going to say. But it says no. Amri lo lo 
Nope, we're not going to give that to the Kohen. That's too much to give to the Kohen. We give enough to the Kohanim. We don't have to give them every break. You know, we, we, we can be tough once in a while. What, what, what Rabbi Chia is saying is that we don't have Korban Pesach for people who are Tmei Sheretz, meaning if the Baalim, if the owners are Tmeim, even for one day, to, uh, we don't offer the Korban Pesach on their behalf. We push them off to Pesach Sheni. And therefore, what he's saying is that rule only applies. That rule, so meaning to say that if the owners found out in the middle of the Avodav, their Korban Pesach being offered, that they had been handling something that they didn't realize was actually underneath, was, you know, they weren't looking, they didn't see they were reaching under and they were actually touching dead Shratzim, they didn't know it, okay? So that we will not give them credit for that Korban. It only applies to the case of Tumat Met, this idea of, of uh, Tumat Tatehom, and not to the Kohen. The Kohen, we don't, we don't give him that. Right, and, and we, and, uh, right, so that, so that's why we need to exclude it. Because, uh, because since we're saying that, uh, a person who is, uh, Temesheretz cannot have the Korban Pesach offered on their behalf according to this view. So therefore, it would be of interest to us if it was discovered in the middle of the Avodah that they were Temesheretz and nobody knew about that because, um, because it was Tumat at home, would we give them credit? And the answer is no. It only applies to Tumat Mit. But then the question is this. El al Rabbi a more, Maybe almost philosophical question. If according to Rabbi Yossi, every time the lady wakes up in the morning, it's a new day, how can she ever become a Zavagdola? Because we're going to say that really she had the sighting of blood yesterday. In order to become a Zavagdola, you have to have three consecutive days. And they build on each other. So you're going to say that, well, on Monday she saw blood. But by Tuesday she was really Torah, completely Torah. Oh, she saw blood again. It's a new phenomenon. Nothing to do with the previous one. It's not a continuation. It's a new thing, you're saying. Right? So then each time that she's Shomeret Yom Keneged Yom, it's going to be a new thing. So how do they connect to each other? What's going to happen? He says, he says either she has a, an ongoing flow for the three days. The other possibility is that she saw the uh, blood, all of Ben Hashemashot. So it straddled two days and therefore it was able to be considered, uh, you know, one long sighting of blood. Um, and uh, and therefore there was no op- there was no day that was uh, uh, that was um, uh, uh, that was considered to be a a break in between them. There was no break in between them because the two happened as one. It's sort of similar to the first answer because it's saying that there was no break in between the sighting. That was in a case where there's no break in the sightings. And then Rashi says. That So he's saying that in one day, basically she could have three riot because she started Erev Shabbat, so to speak, like Friday afternoon, Friday night, and all the way till Shabbat evening. So if she had one day, it would be one long, uh, one long experience and would count as three. That's that, that's the only way Rabbi Yossi could do it. Now, um, in any case, by Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef asked, Kohen betamid utralo tumatatomolo. Now, uh, what about a Kohen who is bringing the korban tamid and finds out that he had contact with tumatatom? Right. So the question is, would he get a break in that case? So in the case of uh, of the uh, uh, of the korban pesach, we said before we're talking about the owners, right? So Rashi says, uh, do you have to find, if you have a Kohen, he says, uh, so the way that Rashi explains the question is, says Rav Yosef's asking, if this Kohen we know has a situation of Tumata Tehom, do we have to find another Kohen that is Tehor to do it? Right? And he says, And he says, 
right? And we're saying that this, this, uh, this is according to the view that even if we're in the middle of the service and the shechita was done and we're doing this rikah, we can go ahead and do this rikah even if there's tumat at home, even if we find out that the person was exposed to this tumat at home, it's okay. Let's say the kohen was exposed to the tumat at home for the korban tamit. So there's no baalim in this case. There's no owner. So does this rule apply to this kohen that we can just let him finish the service? Or do we have to try to get a kohen tahor to stand in for it? So it says, so the question is me, I'm Rinan Kigamirai Tumatata home. Bepesach, with Tamid Logmiri. Is the whole idea of Tumatata home only a leniency by Korban Pesach, but not the Tamid Odil by Yalip Tamid Pesach? Or maybe we should learn the Tamid from the Pesach like we often do, learn them from one another because they're both fixed Korbanot. So it says, Amar Rabba, Kalvachome. Rabba says, I'll tell you, Kalvachome. Oma, Bimakom Shalahutra Lotuma Yidua Uta Lotuma Itata home. In a case where known Tuma is not permitted, we allow Tumatata home. In other words, like Rashi says, he says, Kegon, Nasir was the best, Sachin Korbanot Yachid, right? He says, So he says, in the case of Korban Pesach and Tamid, where there's nobody Tahor, everyone knows that there's nobody Tahor, right? The, the, the case of the uh, Korban Pesach that's brought Betum'ah or other communal Korbanot brought Betum'ah, we bring it anyway. So in that case, we say, There, the owners of the Korban Pesach get the leniency of Tumata Tehom if they were exposed to it. So So in a case where so in a, so in a case where the uh, where the tumah is allowed, so eno din shutralo tumata tom. So in other words, in a case where we know we're knowing that you are tamei would invalidate the korban. Like if a person's bringing their korban pesach and they knew that they were tamei met, then obviously the whole thing is no good and it's all it's it's all invalid. If the if the tumah was already known uh, at the time that they brought the korban pesach, it wouldn't be good. That's the uh, and yet if there's tumata tehom, we do accept it. So in a case where we straight out flat out allow tumah. Uh, in the for the offering, like if everybody is tamei for the korban pesach or for the korban tamid, we allow it. So definitely, tumata tahom should be more lenient, and it should be okay, right? So and and we should even if we have other tower people, it should be okay to use somebody who was exposed to tumata tahom in that case, because we know that tumah is sometimes completely allowed for the korban pesach and for the korban tamid. But he said to him, How can you make a kalvachomer from a halacha Moshe misinai like tumata tahom, which doesn't really have rationale? You can make a kalvachomer when you understand the rationale and it's something logical but when it's something that's just an axiom it's just a principle that we accept so it, you can't make a kalva chomer and how do I know that because Vatani will end in a bright time that's a discussion where Rabbi Akiva wants to say that we know that a uh, that if a um, that if a nazir has contact with a etzim with a bone which is the size of a barley he becomes t- he, he has to start as nazir over again. He has to shave and start all over again. Right? So Rabbi Akiva says, then also if he has contact with a revi'it of blood, he should have to do that. And Rabbi Akiva's argument is, if in a case with, an, with a bone, a being under the same roof as the bone of a dead body does not convey uh, tumat uh, met. Only the flesh of the dead body conveys tumat met or the blood, but not the bone. So Rabbi Akiva said, if the bone which doesn't convey tumat ohel will make the Nazir have to start his Nazir world over again, then a blood which does convey Tumat Ohel definitely should make him have to start his Nazir world over again, even though it's not the flesh of the body, it's the blood. And, Rabbi, and, and the answer to that was, Rabbi Eliezer said, you can't compare because the idea that the tiny amount of bone makes a Nazir Tamein have to start over is Halachale Moshe Misinai. You can't make a Kalvachomer out of things that are, uh, that are Halachale Moshe Misinai and, and so too here. Since the, home, the Tumat at the home 
concept is halacha Moshe Misinai. It's just an axiom. It's just a rule that we received as Torah Shabbat Peh. We can't make a kal v'chomer out of it because we don't really know the full, you know, all the parameters that go into it. So therefore, El Amar Rav says, Yalif Moadom Moadom Mipezach Vitumadat. So he says that therefore there's a gzerat there's a gzerat shavah rather. The word Moado appears in the case of Korban Tamid. The word Moado appears in the in the case of Pesach. And just like in the case of Pesach, there's a rule of Tumata Tahom that it is waived for uh, the owners of the Korban Pesach. In the case of the Korban Tamid, there's a rule that Tumata Tahom is waived for the Kohen who wants to bring the Korban Tamid. Now, now the Gemara goes back. And according to Rashi, this is like a, a conversation that must have obviously happened before this because it's asking for a source in the Torah for the idea of Tumata Tahom. We just said it was Halachala Moshe Misinai, which means there is no source. But uh, now it's asking for one. So he says... Where do we get this idea of the Tumata Tom to begin with? It says, if a dead body falls, uh, dies on him. That's talking about the Nazir. If a dead body dies on him, meaning that it's clear to him that it happened. It's, it's on him, right? That's meaning if, if it's Tumata Tahom that he discovers that he was exposed to, it will not cause the Nazir to have to start over again. It's only if it was clear to him. Ashkechan Nazir, that's in the case of Nazir also Pesach Minal. And what about the person who does the Pesach? It says it has to be uh, if a person is either Tamei or on a, a long journey, Lachem. And he's saying the word Lachem, which sounds like it's referring to the journey, is also referring to the Tum'ah, meaning it's something that you knew about that existed that made you tamei. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, it's like it's like the way just like the way is exposed. It has to be something which is exposed and known to be able to qualify for something that would invalidate your korban pesach, just like for the nazir. So they're learning it from different like drashot from the Pasuk, of how do you know that it has to be a Tum'ah that was known? Okay? Maybe there is an objection. Now, here's the deal is that Tum'ah means there's nobody in the world who knows about it. It's literally unknown. There's nobody around that knows about it in the world. It doesn't mean that you didn't know about it. Now, the Rebbe Eliezer, According to Rabbi Eliezer, who's learning it from the Pasuk, that says that it has to be something that he is aware of, right? He learned it from the word lachem, right? Or from the word uh, alav, in the case of the Nazir, right? The word alav, that it, it has to be known to him, so then if he doesn't know it, it should be considered tumatatom. Why does it have to be something that nobody in the world knows? The Rabbi Yochanan, and according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says it has to be something that's known to you from the word lachem, that if at least two people know about it in the world, that should be enough, right? It shouldn't be that if one person uh, knows about it, it should be, right? Because according to this, if even one person knows about it, it would be no longer considered Tumat Tatahom. But if it's Lachem, that means it has to be more than one person knows about it to make it not a Tumat Tatahom. And the Rabbi Shem Ben Lakish, Tamar Kederch Adiyad Ekuli Alma. And according to Rabbi Shem Ben Lakish, who's learning it that just like a Derch is Galui, it's known to everybody, so too it has to be known to everybody. Right? So the, the point is that their drashot don't really do justice to what Tumat Tatahom is, because Tumat Tatahom is something that is not known to anybody, not just something that isn't known to you, not just something that isn't known to more than one person, something that isn't known to even a single person in the world and is just discovered. Otherwise, it would be not considered Tumat Tatahom. So none of these drashot reflect that. So therefore, Ela Tumat Tatahom el rather it is just a halakha le Moshe Misinai that we received an oral tradition, and the pasuk is just a hint to it. Amar Mor Barabashi, Lo Shan, Wala Shenoda Lo Lachar Zrika. This 
only matters when we find out about the Tumat Tom after the Zrika was done. The key is Derek Dam Shapir is Derek because when the blood was thrown, it was good. But if it was found out before the blood was thrown, it won't be good. So they, so they made the way, they raised an objection to that. If they find the Tumat home, they find the hidden body that was underneath the road, across the ro- width of the road, and the guy passed over it, and then it becomes discovered for the purposes of Tumahis Tameh. For a Nazir and somebody doing Korban Pesach, the Nazir Vaose Pesach, Tahor. For them, if they're considered Tahor, right? Vechol Tameh Vitor Lehabahu. And whenever we say Tameh Vitor, it means whatever they're about to do, they can still do it. Right, it doesn't. It, so that implies that even if it became known in the middle of the avodah, according to the Rambam, even if it became known before they did the shechita, according to Rashi, after the shechita. But the point is, even if they're about to do something, they're considered tahor for that purpose. If they had tumat tahom, rather this is what should have been said. Exactly the opposite of what he originally said. Meaning that what he said was that. Um, that no, don't think it's only if he became aware of it after the korban was offered. Even if he became aware of it before the the, the blood was thrown, it, it, the fact that it was tumat tatahom, we accept the korban. He's not allowed to eat the korban now because he had the tumat tatahom exposure, but he is allowed to get credit for the korban um, because of this gzerat katuv. Now let's just quickly finish this part. Gufat says we go back to that brayta that we saw before. If the person passed over a road and then found out that there was a body buried under there that was tumat tatahom, so the tumat we say that once he finds out he can't eat tumat. But the Nazir But with regard to the Nazir and the Osepesach, they can finish whatever they're in the middle of doing. That's only if there was no way to pass through that area without passing over that grave. But if he could be, if it's possible that he didn't actually pass directly over that spot because it's a wider road, so we can give him, so we can also, we can just say that he's And that's only if the body was complete. But if it was broken up, again, because if it was broken up, then maybe he didn't step over that exact, uh, exact part. But if there's an actual grave, uh, then we consider the grave to all be one entity. And even if it's broken up inside, we consider the kever all one thing. When is that said? If he's walking. But if he's riding on an animal or he's holding a heavy burden on his back. Because if he's walking by himself, it's possible that he didn't step over the part that had the body. But if he's walking with a heavy burden or he's on an animal, he's moving side to side and he's definitely going to have been over the dead body. That's only with Tumat So you have to have also the fact that it is an unknown Tumat that's discovered after you pass by. But once it's already known and you pass through there, we're going to consider you What is Tumat Nobody in the world knows about it. But if somebody in the world knew about it, that would not be Tumat If it's found under straw, dirt, or rocks, that's Tumatatom. But Bamaim, if it's in the water, if it's in a dark area, if it's in the crevice, in the rocks, right? That's not called bilvad. That's only somebody who died, not somebody who was killed. Because if it's somebody who was killed, then obviously the person who killed them knows about their uh, knows about where they were. If they're just in the dark or in between rocks, 
They're visible. It's just that nobody looked. That's not really hidden. It has to be a hidden body. So all of these rules are, are the Tumata Tom rules of, uh, you know, and it does happen from time to time that excavations, you know, disco- reveal the, the presence of uh, burial grounds that we didn't know about. And it does happen. And uh, there were ancient burial grounds that were forgotten. So it was very likely, very possible that they would, you know, they would discover this kind of thing. And, uh, and because it was not known at the time that people were, uh, passing over it, so they wouldn't. They they were number one more lenient if they were in the middle of doing the mitzvah of korban pesach, and also more lenient about tzvikot if there were doubts related to whether they really passed over it or not. So they were more lenient in the judgment of tumat tatom. But that's a special halacha Moshe misinai. It's not something we can really show from the Torah from logic, but it's something that we received from a tradition uh, Torah shebalpeh.